0: Hey Brock, how are you?
1: Doing well, John. How are you?
0: I am just looking at a huge style stack of boxes that I need to get cleaned up because when I go away for a week, everything starts to add up pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I've, I've been trying to clean out my guest room slash studio. It's just like, it's not Bill Battle, man. It's not Bill Battle.
0: Yeah. These are definitely the, thing, the problems that I wanted to have two years ago when I f- posted my first video.
1: Yeah, just waiting, waiting for the uh, like Casey Neistat style stuff to start showing up in the mail every day.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the stuff that he has, sometimes it's hilarious. It's it's cool. I mean, he's built a really a pretty neat audience.
1: Yeah, I kind of like his mail time. I was thinking about doing something like that. I've I've done it with my live streams a couple times, just like unboxing stuff. But I thought it'd be cool to do a uh, kind of like mail time unboxing. Actually, Baron from Effortless Gent just did a video where. He just has a stack of boxes and he just opens them all and just kind of like, you know, talks about each one and it's it's kind of cool because it's a way to give, give a little bit of love to the people who are sending you stuff without doing like a whole video about them, you know.
0: I know. I'm at about that point though where I just should just open all these boxes at one time, but I want to give, I want to give some of the products their their own day in court too.
1: You should do one of those, uh, like on tech channels they always do like massive tech unboxing, like nine thousand dollar unboxing video and they just open like tons of stuff
0: well i wish i had nine thousand dollars of stuff to unbox i would be given i would be doing much bigger giveaways i think
1: well that's that's like three pairs of uh common projects right so
0: well yeah that's very true yeah i got those (laughs) i get those over in the corner still too actually the common projects remind me a lot of that the operation twinkle toes shoes that i did those are crown shoes from they're made in northampton england but they're High-quality, full-calf leather, leather-lined, uh, really well-built. They're basically Common Projects just without the name Common Projects. And, and actually, I, I want to do a video this week talking about Common Projects versus greats because they're largely the same shoe, but you're paying for the name, the designer
1: part. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I was watching your video unboxing those, those crown sneakers, and I was shocked that they were that cheap, actually, compared to Common Projects. <laughs>
0: I mean one one ninety, hundred and ninety pounds or you know whatever the exchange rate is today, they worked out to be a pretty good price. I mean, they are about the same price as greats and uh they're handmade in England. It's it's a cool shoe.
1: Have you uh do you think they're pretty much on par in terms of quality, you know, materials and uh and construction with the with your CPs?
0: I think if I was blindfolded, I'd have a tough time telling The difference between the two, I'd only be able to tell the common projects because the common projects are slightly lighter and a little bit thinner of a silhouette. These ones actually fit my the crown shoes fit my feet a little bit better because my feet are slightly wider. But otherwise, Mm. I mean, the leather feels amazing. The the sole, I mean, it's all it's all very similar.
1: I'm gonna check those out. I actually don't have any really high end sneakers. I just have like two pairs of like I guess kind of white sneakers one is just Onitsuka Tigers which I love but you know those are you can expect those to wear out after I don't know three four seasons Um, and then I got a pair of Reeboks but I would love to have a pair of higher end leather sneakers
0: honestly I would if if they don't have the silhouette you like with the crown shoes look at the greats because I've been really impressed with the pair the two pairs of greats that I have and that's going to be part of my I should definitely do that video this week
1: yeah, I'd like to see that video because I I want something with a a low profile silhouette, not not like a really chunky. That's part of my problem with like Stan Smiths. I just feel like they're a little too chunky, you know.
0: You know what? For you, I will do that video this week. Actually, last week I missed my Wednesday video. I was trying to do my industry videos every Wednesday, and I wanted to do a video on the untuck it funding. I think I t- I talked about that last week on the podcast, but I just ended up not. I didn't prioritize it. I didn't write it early enough, and I just – I broke my streak. So, so far, the podcast has been a good streak. Uh, Last week, I got thrown off on my video posting because of travel, but I'm going to try and make sure I stick to it this week.
1: Yeah, man. People love the industry videos. They're super interesting.
0: Yeah. This – actually, we could talk – this will be going up Wednesday. So I thought it was – I really liked watching your Seiko video on your first automatic, and some of the comments – I liked that people were – People are recognizing like you do some of these videos, I definitely – that's part of my whole channel is trying to talk about things that aren't typically covered on YouTube with just very straightforward views. And for the last three weeks, I've been going back and forth with a manufacturer on Alibaba where I am I, – I could just pull the trigger right now, but – I was trying to price out what it would cost me to make essentially an MVMT watch. And so for hmm. the past three weeks, I've been going back and forth on design and prototypes. And I could essentially right now buy a batch of Japanese Miyota movements with stainless steel and a certain uh, watch band, all for the low, low price of like 10 bucks a unit. And so when people talk about quartz watches or MVMT or Danny Wellington watches being like cheap watches or whatever, I tried to – get, get to the bottom of it or as close as I could. And so that was, uh, that's been what I've been kind of working on in the background for the past couple of weeks. And I'll be doing, I'll be putting that video up on on Wednesday.
1: Oh, that's going to be a good one. That's gonna yeah. be a great video.
0: So I've got a little like uh, I got a little picture that they sent me of what a prototype would look like. With I put a little black my logo mark, the K, on the watch, and then so that they would like make that custom based on you know the design we went back and forth on. I would just have to buy. There's a minimum buy of like three hundred units. So basically, for the cost of four grand, which would be the prototype, they would send me a prototype. Then they'd send me three hundred units. I could create what MVMT has.
1: Dude, that's, that's amazing. Crazy. The next, the next big thing in uh, minimalist, affordable luxury fashion watches—the Cavalier.
0: <laughs> well, no, I wanted to do it as a point, as like my investigative journalism. I have no interest in actually doing watches oh, yeah, of that yeah. nature. But uh, <laughs> if I would do anything, I would try and get like Seiko made watches and and throw my name on there. But I don't think they do that.
1: Yeah, no, that that would be a really a really cool. Uh kind of journalistic uh, exercise just to kind of just to show how that works because that's true. I mean, the thing is like, like when I did that video, I think yeah, a lot of people were happy to see a review of a Seiko on a, and you know, an affordable automatic watch, I think a very valuable watch on my channel. But the thing is there are so many awesome watch channels like that watch has been covered extensively on YouTube. So I almost feel like I don't do it justice because I don't know that much about watches, but I think in, in the channels that are more related to to my channels, like the the ones that are more about men's style and less about watches specifically, you don't see very many reviews for for you know watches like that. So I think the comments were pretty encouraging. I mean, I definitely want to uh keep showing people the the watch collection that I'm building, even though it's not like too luxurious, but I think it's uh I don't know, I, I guess I guess what I'm going for is value, you know? Like I just want watches that have value and that are cool that have a little a little bit of heritage to them versus just a uh, trendy watches.
0: Yeah. Value or uh, attainable, I think is the other word that some of those
1: companies would use. Yeah, very much. I, I just think it's amazing that you can get, you know, an automatic watch for whatever 55 bucks and for someone looking to buy their first watch, they might not know that that that's a viable option. You know, it's, it's a viable alternative to Daniel Wellington and obviously you should just get whatever one you like better, but um just want people to know, know they have options. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that's best part of the point I want to make in the video with this watch is uh, up until the 60s, regular people could not afford watches. I mean, watches were a luxury thing because they were very expensive and they required the fine Swiss movements. And it wasn't until Seiko came out with those quartz watches that regular people wore wristwatches. And so there is a lot to be said about that type of watch. But, yeah, definitely I think our watch curious, watch enthusiast angle is definitely – uh, helpful to others who might not be able to to understand all of the things that some of the more in depth watch channels cover.
1: Yeah, that that is very true, because yeah, there are, and there are all a lot of really good watch channels, but yeah, I think most of them kind of slant toward the sort of I don't know, luxury, elegance. I mean, even, even with like the music they use and and the the language they use, and it's just very, it's it's very much in line with the watch culture which um with the exception of some channels that isn't isn't really geared toward everyday guys i don't think
0: so are you saying that like a smooth jazz undertone as your background music is a little too uppity
1: yeah yeah smooth <laughs> jazz like, today I'll, I'll have to put on a british accent i'll talk about the seiko you know
0: <laughs> oh i don't know if we want to upset those guys well you were doing a video on how t-shirts would fit and i thought that would be interesting to talk about that in conjunction with what I wanted to talk about, which was how shorts should fit.
1: Yeah, shorts and t-shirts—the summer summer uniform.
0: So, as far as taller guys or shorter guys, is it about the sleeve length, or you know, am I wearing my t-shirts correctly? You saw my last my Bombfell video where I got nice like a, just a just a V-neck in there, and I thought that was fit pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty much the same regardless of body type. I, I the the points that I hit on were the shoulders, you know, which which you can't really fix. They, they kind of have to be right out of the box. And I think if the shoulders don't fit, it's indicative that the rest of the shirt probably doesn't fit either. So the shoulders, uh, the sleeve length, um, which will obviously vary a little bit, you know, if you have really long arms or something. Like someone like you, you're going to need smaller sizes because you're thin, but you're also tall and you have long limbs. So, you know, the sleeves might be slightly shorter on you than somebody else, you know, no big deal. Um, and then the the bagginess, you know, or the the bagginess or tightness of the shirt, which, again, I think is universal. Um, my rule of thumb was if you pinch the extra fabric on either side of your torso, you should be able to pinch about two inches on either side because um, you, you don't want it to be tight like a workout shirt, but you don't want it to be too loose. And then the thing that I really hit on because, you know, I focus on the shorter gent is the length, which is just it's so hard to find T-shirts that are the right length um if you're like i don't know under 5 8 probably so i actually used a uh, a new brand um called sharp casual wear to demonstrate and uh they make actually really they're they're cool we should have uh the founder um this guy Danny Hernandez on the podcast cuz they're made in San Francisco and they're using a bunch of cool uh cool non-cotton fabrics like tencel and merino wool they have a cotton rayon um, elastane blend. It's like really, it's, it just feels much more high end than a regular cotton t shirt, you know, but uh, but they focus on on the shorter guys. So they have, you know, all these different fits, uh, regular broad slim and everything. So like for me, I would I need the slim fit, you know, but I think pretty much any, any shorter guy could find a good fit there. So but you know, outside of those specialty brands, and, and now there's a few made to measure t shirt companies too. But it is tough, man. It's, it's tough to find a t-shirt that's, that fits everywhere. And that's not also way too long. I mean, do you experience that with uh, them being too short?
0: You know, I think I can't empathize with the way that you have to buy your shirts because I think I have a short guy's torso. I just have super long legs. I wouldn't be surprised if our like belly button to chin measurements were close. It's just that I am because I am like, People when I used to wear speedos for swimming, people said I have mile-long legs. I think I might have similar t-shirt things, which is why that small V-neck fits so well from Bombfell. I mean, it came basically right to below my waist. It was perfect.
1: Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you've got you've got a uh, you're tall, but you've got a relatively short torso compared to your legs.
0: Right now, it makes it a, a bitch to buy pants, but. The short the shirts and everything are are okay.
1: nice yeah it's uh it's it's definitely i'd say length is the biggest problem for shorter guys and unless you happen to have a longer torso, uh, which some guys do have but but even that, I mean for example, if I put on an h and m extra small crew neck t-shirt, it'll fit perfect in the neck, shoulders, you know arms, uh, chest. And then it's like five inches too long. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm always wondering, who do they make this for? Uh, apparently, it's you. They make, it for, they make it for you.
0: Now, have you attempted to do your own hemming or altering at home?
1: So I've actually, I I just started taking a sewing class. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, so I've started doing some alterations. I haven't attempted to hem a t-shirt yet because you do need some special equipment for that because it's a knit. And if you just use a regular sewing machine without any, uh, either like tape or a different presser foot or, or a different sewing machine, you'll you'll just bunch up the fabric. But I have been uh, hemming shorts and and uh, and cuffing sewing a cuff into shorts, and I've also been shortening, uh, turning long sleeve button ups into short sleeve button ups. So that's pretty cool. I'm kind of like summarizing a lot of my uh, my wardrobe. Also turning pants into shorts
0: geez yeah you're gonna know more I mean I just took my mom's sewing machine to college with me and started ruining pants until I got it right but I think that your route is a little bit more straight better straightforward
1: well it's funny man it's like in, in this class because I've always been intimidated by it, even just setting up a sewing machine so I was like I'm just gonna take some classes and it's like me and it's like me and uh basically who you'd expect in a Tuesday morning sewing <laughs> class <laughs> but uh but it, it's been a lot of fun, and the instructor is very good. So I, I'm basically just bringing, you know, I'll bring a shirt in and say, okay, I want to add darts to this shirt. You know, show me how to do that. And so I'm trying to get the the basics down so I can stop uh stop having to go to the tailor every time. And also, I think sometimes you go to the tailor and maybe something is just a tiny bit off, a quarter inch or a half inch off, and you're like, I'm not going to take it back, you know. But if I could just fix it at home, that's the goal.
0: Yeah, I don't think I. I mean, I never want to try and do my own suits or anything, but for easy hems, uh, like I hemmed my wife's new pants that she got from Ministry of Supply, and it's like just having that little bit of knowledge is enough to just get easy stuff done that would cost you twenty or thirty bucks.
1: Totally, yeah, and you can get it exactly how you want it, and it's also kind of satisfying, man. I don't know about you, but like to to do something that tactile and you see your results immediately, it's it's so different from computer work, you know.
0: Oh yeah. And it's like, that's a different part of your brain. Like that's why I wanted to do my channel in the first place is I was always, you know, it's like it was business side. I wanted to get back into like Photoshop and video editing. And that's the same thing. I miss my early design days when I would do like wash paints and then you'd, you'd use x knives to cut paper. I mean that tactile stuff is, is absolutely a very satisfying feeling.
1: Yeah, totally. So what, what do you, what, one of the things that I've, um, I've been doing is t- taking old sh- old pants that I'm not really going to wear anymore, and cutting them off, and then sewing a cuff. So I've been experimenting with different lengths, and I think I've kind of found the the ideal short length, um, which for me is about I'd say maybe two to three inches above the knee. Is is that about where you're wearing your shorts?
0: Mine are maybe a little bit higher. I might be able to get away with just a slightly shorter p- pant, but Yeah, I would say it's three to four inches above the knee, which it took me a long time to be okay with even having pants that didn't go below the knee. I think there was definitely, that was definitely a more of a trend or style. Let's say like late 2000s, mid 2000s, you wanted to have like the long shorts. But I think starting in maybe 2012, you started to see more and more knee and classic shorter shorts. And it's just, the way that style and trends change. I mean, anybody that had long pants like that back in the '60s looked like a crazy person. It was, uh, you know, if you look at any pictures of JFK back then, the style icon, he, he's got his shorts up.
1: Yeah, it's so true. I, I don't know. It, it's funny how it's cyclical like that, but I think it's also a comfort thing because if you've been, if you've, if you've always worn shorts that go past your knees, it does feel a little, you feel a little exposed or something, uh, the first time. Yeah, you know, the first few times you wear shorts that end above your knees. So I I could see that being a uh, a barrier for a lot of guys.
0: Yeah. And my almost shock to the system was I just bought, I had like five inch inseam shorts that were way too short. And so that was an easy way for me to like course correct myself to the equivalent of jumping into the deep end on the short stuff. And then I slowly worked my way back down to like a seven inch.
1: Yeah, that's, it's tough. There's five inch. That's pretty, that's pretty aggressive. I think you have to I don't know. I'm not sure if I could pull that off either.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I don't think I even have pictures of that, but that's not bad. But I guess I always I always struggle with that when I talk about things on the channel overall is like who who is to say what the norm is or what you should wear or how you should wear things. That's one of the things I really like about Tanner Guzzi's channel is he talks about the the meaning or the philosophy behind it and having your having your own style, having your comfort. And it's like to me, like why am I wearing shorts that are that short or why should I try and find longer shorts again? And that's something that I'm always trying to wrestle with when talking about things because I am doing a shorts video on the Ministry of Supply shorts and I've got them – they're you know they're pretty high up above my knee. And so I always wonder like how far – how hard of an angle should I take to say why aren't you wearing shorter shorts or why aren't you staying on trend? That's – I don't know what your thoughts are on that.
1: Yeah, that, that is interesting. I I don't really know. I mean, I, I think I think a lot of it comes down to. You could make a like an argue, an argument about function. I mean, I don't think there's anything functional about shorts that go past your knees. You know, I actually think they're t- take swim trunks, for example. If you have swim trunks that have big cargo pockets and they're kind of baggy and they go past your knees. How is that? How will that let you move around? You know compared to shorts that are more slim fit and end above your knees and so if someone agrees that they're not more functional then the next question is then why would you choose those you know and and so i guess i'd be i'd wonder for people who i actually I was just having a, a little uh, twitter exchange with somebody about cargo shorts and they're like they were saying you know i'm a dad and i need to carry a bunch of stuff and that's why i like cargo shorts and like that's a good argument you know that, that's that's one of the better arguments I've heard because you actually need those extra pockets. you know I think most guys wearing cargo shorts don't have anything in their pockets, <laughs> and so there's no point in wearing them um, so i guess I guess my question for people who say shorts shouldn't go above your knees be like what's what's your argument I guess the kind of the burden is on you to to convince me why why that's the case because I think a lot of it might come down to a feeling you know about uh masculinity or or looking manly or or not looking, uh, you know, quote unquote gay um, or, you know, metrosexual or whatever. So I guess I I would want to hear from those people, you know, why they would choose longer shorts.
0: That's true. I mean, the point of shorts is being cooler and having more, I don't know about breeze, but having more room to move about. And so the shorter definitely controls that. I mean, I guess it's always a, a function for me to try and look as much like Young Sean Connery as possible, and that dude just looked great. And and all the press shots, I definitely know that there were some times where he was wearing some odd stuff. And and he, you and I have talked about how Robert Downey Jr. outside of playing Tony Stark just looks like a mess.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Huh. But it is funny how like yeah, if you think of um, you know, Sean Connery or like Daniel Craig, and, uh, and I forget what the actual uh, swim trunks he was wearing, but. You know these beach scenes in James Bond where they come out of the ocean and they're like uh, snorkel mask and and these like you know four inch inseam shorts. There's nothing feminine about that. You know they're like the definition of of uh, manliness. So I, I don't know why why any guy can't uh, kind of aspire to to achieve that. So I think once you get over the initial discomfort, that's true. <laughs> and one of much, much more one vulnerable. of my
0: best features is I have very muscular legs like the rest of me is very like slim and noodley but my legs have always been the strongest part of my body so if there is one part of my body to show off I'd rather wear a t-shirt and shorter shorts because I've got some pretty mean quads down there
1: nice see I, I'm jealous I, I wish I did I have like I look a like a relatively built I mean I'm I'm a small guy but like for my upper body is like pretty well defined my legs are just skinny and so that that's why and again, I think you can kind of use your clothes to to change the way your body looks. So if, if I wear shorts that aren't super slim, it just emphasizes how thin my legs are. But if I wear a nice fitted, a little bit shorter shorts, it actually makes my legs look a little more muscular. And I think that's kind of cool that you can control that, you know.
0: Yeah, and that is one of the things that I come back to when talking about style and why you should buy nicer clothes is no matter what, people are making some sort of judgment on you, even if they want to come and approach and talk to you, depending on the way you're dressed, and that can open up doors, and so there is, you know, there's definitely the argument on that side.
1: Yeah, I agree. Plus, I just think it's cool, I mean, I'm going to the beach uh, in a couple weeks, and I'll be bringing my not too short but you know relatively short uh, swim trunks and at least in the States I mean most guys at the beach are gonna have you know board shorts that go past their knees and so I'll kind of stand out I think in a really good way Um, and so it's kind of one way to set yourself apart from the crowd too
0: yeah you'll just be oozing confidence that's actually that's a good way to wrap up is so are you taking a break from your channel or you'll have stuff queued up to to go while you're away I mean, yeah, I guess you can work from anywhere too, but what type of vacation are you trying to take?
1: Uh, definitely bring the laptop on this one, uh, but I'll have stuff queued up and ready to go. Um, probably be a little quieter via email and social media. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely have some stuff and I'll be, you know, Instagramming and probably do a couple of live streams and stuff like that. So I, I'll be working. It won't be a, a total vacation, but um, that's the great thing about this kind of business, man. It's you know, you can have that freedom and flexibility.
0: I know. Well, I just, uh, we're going to Switzerland one more time for work at the end of July. And this time I'm taking my wife and my children. And so I think I'm going to have the channel dark for maybe 10 days. And this will be like, this will really be the first time I've taken a break in two years. I mean, even the the month that my dad died, like I still did videos that week. And so this will be weird to to just, I think I'm going to put a video up. Say, hey, I'll see you guys in ten days. And anybody who watches, listens to the podcast, will know that uh, I'm heading out. But yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. That's,
1: that's good. That's good, man. Yeah, that's that's good to take a lot, an actual total break like that. I, it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, with your metrics, um, especially in light of that uh, that video that that you sent me about basically publishing frequency and quantity versus quality. So, you know, will you see a big dip because you stop publishing? Or will things just kind of keep running without you there?
0: Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say I'm taking a complete break. We are going to do family vlogs over on another channel. So I'm taking this break. I'll take a break at the end of August when we go to Ireland. But I'm going to then say, hey, if you want to see what I'm doing in the meantime, I'm going to post family vlogs because I can't do I can't do work, family vlogs, and the Cavalier. I can barely do work and the Cavalier at the same time uh, when on these trips. And so, yeah, I'll definitely – I'll definitely take some notes on how that, how that's affected. So anyone that listens gets the inside track. I'll be taking, taking some time off for the Cavalier summer holiday. Sounds good. Well, we don't have a guest today because, uh, I've been running around like crazy and, uh, we, we still have some ideas if we want to get on the podcast, but we're also taking suggestions. You can hit us up on Twitter, and uh, also, you know, comment. I I can still read almost every comment that's on my channel. It's there's there's a lot of them now, and so it's tough tougher to keep track. But uh, you can comment on my videos or Brock's videos, and we'll try and get anybody on here that we can.
1: Yeah, definitely open to suggestions. Plus, if if you like, you tweeted us, and you're like, oh, I'll get this person on, you know, then we'll just forward to them. And be like, hey, the crowd has spoken. You got to get on the the Button Up podcast. Yeah, that'll make it nice and
0: easy. Thank you for listening to the Buttoned Up Podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of The Cavalier and Brock McGough of Modest Man.
1: And we'll see you next week.